Hello, and welcome to the 28th episode of Ambiguous Borders. As usual, I'm your host, Miles, and with me is my co-host, Sevi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ambiguous Borders, where we try to introduce you to different cultures, areas, debates, waters. Are you going to change that up from at a, any point? I literally said waters. And yeah, but you always say cultures, debates, and areas go across like the world. People like consistency, Miles. It's like, oh, it's home. It's time to listen to Ambiguous Borders again. Um... And, and empathize. And are you saying that I've just ruined that? And empathize with people around the world. So, what are we talking about today? <laughs> today, we're going to be talking about the Straits of Malacca or Strait of Malacca. Okay. What experience do you have with the Strait of Malacca? I've seen it. You have seen it. How have you seen it? Yep. From a plane. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. You were just flying over it, or you were uh, landing close to it? Yeah, so I've been to Singapore, which okay. is close by. Um, I've also, yeah, I've, I've not been out of the airport at Singapore a few times as well, so you kind of see it on the, when it's coming in. But uh, that's, as we will find out, it's not the Strait of Malacca, the bit around Singapore, but as you fly, you can see over it. The Strait of Singapore is what's around the Singapore, which leads into it, but yeah, we'll get to that. You were going to be like, oh, I've been to Singapore. I'm like, that's the Strait of Singapore, Miles, not the Strait of Malacca, but you're damn yeah. flying down. You can see it. <laughs> yep, I can. So I have seen it uh, from a plane window, excitingly. And how about you, Sevi? What have you seen or know? Or I have not seen the Strait of Malacca um, or been there. I guess those two go together. Um, no, I've heard of it. I know it's a huge shipping lane in the world. Did you see lots of ships when you were looking down at it? No, it was completely empty, Sevi. <laughs> there wasn't a thing in the site. <laughs> I don't it believe you. Pristine, <laughs> crystal clear waters. You could see the fish. No, it was, yeah, it was, there was a lot of um, a lot of boats, a lot of oil tankers, essentially, okay. and cargo ships. So. Yeah, so where is it? You said it's by Singapore. We haven't introduced the question yet, Sylvie. Well, we're going to come back to the question, aren't we? <laughs> okay. But we might as well just okay. let people know what they are reading. Okay. So the question is, why are there pirates in the Strait of Malacca? Did you know there were pirates in the Strait of Malacca, Miles? I had heard there were some in the Strait of Malacca. I didn't get to see any of those. I did look out for them with their eye patches and their, their cutlasses and their wooden legs. Because you totally can see their eye patches from 10,000 feet in the air, Miles. Well, of course. I have good eyesight, unlike you. <laughs> Your Hawkeyes. Exactly. So, yeah, I also knew there were pirates in the Strait of Malacca, and the, I actually read a book that was like, it was fictional, but it was set in the Strait of Malacca, and it was like from the perspective of pirates and the people like being uh, kidnapped on the ships. So it definitely makes me think of that. Okay. Nice. So, Miles, let's dive in to the Strait of Malacca. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and tell us, like, where is it? Yeah. So the Strait of Malacca, uh, well, we've already said Singapore. So it's on, I'm going to call it the Malaysian Peninsula at yep. the sort of where the Malaysian Peninsula almost meets the island of Sumatra, which is kind of like the biggest island, the biggest long island of 
Um, Indonesia? Of Indonesia, yeah. Um, and it, they sort of run parallel for a little bit that widens out into the Andaman Sea, okay. which is part of like the Indian Ocean, which the Andaman yeah. Sea then sort of feeds into the Bay of Bengal, where you sort of have that um, that like huge bay of India, Bangladesh, Myanmar, and Thailand, basically. It opens up into that. And then on the other side, you have Singapore on the northern side, because that's basically part of the Malaysian Peninsula. Um, maybe someone's going to have me killed for saying that. I don't know. We'll find out. Just go with it. Uh, and that opens up into eventually the South China Sea. Do you have a more accurate sea than the South China Sea? No, I think it's called the South China Sea. Yeah, maybe you're right. No, you're right. South China Sea. Yep. You want to say that again, Miles? Opens up into the South China Sea. Okay. I meant the you're right part, but anyway. Um, yeah, and to add a, a little bit more color. So the Strait of Malacca, like, uh, it's about uh, 580 miles long, or 930 kilometers. Um, and give us a sense of about how long that is, Miles. So that's about the same distance from LA to Tucson. Okay. Tucson, Arizona. Tuscan. Tucson. You got it right. I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah, I know. Tuscan. And then London to Inverness as well. So almost the length of like London to the top of Scotland, but not quite. Like almost there. And then the last one I've got for those European listeners, I know you're out there. Uh Paris to Hamburg. Okay. What about for our Mexican listeners, Miles? <laughs> I'm letting you take that one. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so uh, I also got, it's about the, like, the length of Great Britain. Um, and then uh, it's also about the length of Florida. So like going from the top of Florida down to the tip. And Florida is actually a pretty good analogy because Florida kind of goes down and to the uh, right um, or southeast. East. Um, and the Strait of Malacca also kind of like descends southeastward. So it goes northwest and southeast. So if you think about your little ship, right, you go around the Horn of Africa or you're coming from the Suez Canal into the Indian Ocean, you go around the tip of India, and then you kind of actually have to go north a little bit to get up into the Strait of Malacca. And then you actually have to descend back down south, um, east, around the I like the coast. how you use descend even though you have a Sorry. map in your house that is up, that is south north. I am saying south this up. as a better way to explain it to those who are thinking about it, because south east in people's heads is like, oh, what is this? But like down and to the right, people understand a little bit more clearly, Miles. Um, I don't make the rules. But it's less accurate. It is, it less, is less accurate, accurate. yes, because technically there is no down or up, and like down would actually be going underwater. Um so anyway, so it descends and then goes around Singapore and then you can go up north again. So in a lot of ways, Strait of Malacca, it's like because it you goes, can also go south. Yeah, you can also go south into like, but it, there's also like a, the barrier of Indonesia and there's some other inlets, which I'm sure we'll cover later um, or other sorry straits that I'm sure we'll cover later. <laughs> um, but the main point is a lot of the sh shipping that goes through is going east to west. And because this thing is an angle, they kind of have to like do a little bit squiggly to get through it all. Why is it going east to west? Uh, because a lot of the shipping is between uh, Europe and Asia, and uh, not west to east. Well, it's going both directions. 
okay. I, I see your point. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, cool. And then we also want to talk about the width a little bit. Um, it narrows to only about 2.8 kilometers or 1.5 nautical miles. Um, and that's called the Phillip Channel. Um, and it's basically, uh, it basically gets narrower as it goes towards Singapore. And that area is right by Singapore, that channel. That's the Singapore Strait. That's not the Strait to Malacca. Right? Well. So, yeah, basically the Philip Channel is kind of the, the, the biggest choke point as the Strait of Malacca narrows and right before it becomes into the Singapore Channel, right by Singapore, right south of Singapore. Yeah, it's kind of like a funnel shape as you, as you go yeah. southeast in the Strait of Malacca. So you've said that, um, you, also, can I just uh, say you said these little ships, if you're a little ship, you said this about half an hour ago, by the way, uh, you said if you're a little ship, you would go down underneath the tip of India and then you'd have to go up a bit. Can I just say that these ships are generally not very little? Yes. Do you know how, do you know how big these ships are, Sevi? Uh, how big are the ships, miles? <laughs> so they have different like max sizes for all the different ships. Mm-hmm. Um, for sort of like based on maybe some areas that they may have to go through. Okay. Like, for instance, you have Panamax for the Panama Canal. So, for example, if the ship's too wide and it can't go through the locks of Panama, then it exceeds the Panamax? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, precisely. And yes, you've guessed it. There's Malacca a Suez Max? Oh, okay. And there is a Malacca Max. And how, how big do you think the Malacca Max is? Um... I think it has to do with the depth of the of the waters, right? Because it's not the width that limits it. It's more the depth of the Malacca. It's, it's actually kind of like a box. They just okay. put it in. Well, I, I know Malacca is like, it's only 25 meters deep at the shallowest. So it probably has to be yeah. less than that. Yeah, so it's 20.5 meter draft, which okay. is the depth in the water. Okay. New Six, 60 meter beam, which is the width. And... 333 length. That's about the height of the Eiffel Tower, right? Yep. Wow. It's a big <laughs> ship. <laughs> yes. Although I wouldn't yes, recommend making a ship in the shape of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> no, but you'd recommend making an Eiffel Tower in the shape of a big ship. On its end... Maybe. I don't know yeah, I'm, I'm guessing cool. like four, four on its end or something, all leaning into each other. Anyway, we're getting. Uh, <laughs> what I quite like about that is that it has unlimited air draft because there's no like height restriction. So some some maxes do have height restrictions. Okay. And a Malacca max is not the biggest maximum in the world. That would be the China max. Okay. Which okay. is three hundred and sixty length. 24 meter draft and 65 meter beam. And what's that maximum in reference to? Uh, I think it's a Chinese port okay. creation. Yeah. And yeah, I th don't think generally they go over that. So Malacca Max is actually one of the biggest in the world. Yeah. It's, it... But it's not the biggest, which is key. Because <laughs> China wants to be the biggest. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so what's, are you what's next on our, okay, on our story? Diving a little bit into the... Um, yeah, that's a good segue into shipping, but I, I want to backtrack a little bit, talk a little bit about the physical geography. Um, so um, because you got Indonesia and uh, Malaysia, 
on either side. It's actually quite inlet-y, so there's lots of coves, lots of inlets, lots of rivers going up. Um, I, that, that's because they're very like mangrove. Yeah, um, swampy rainforests. Man- yeah, yeah, mangrovey. Um, and there's a vast constellation of like islands. Uh, Good shoals. word, Sally. Constellation. Thank you. Um, reefs. Um, and yeah, as a result, um, basically like there's lots of places to hide. We'll just leave that there for later. Um, and a lot of the villages like in this area are actually built over water. Um, given like flooding and other stuff like that. Um, and they specialize obviously in like fishing, um, and things of that nature. Okay. So I think we can, uh, focus back on, on the channel. Uh, so you talk about the Malacca Max. I think that's a good way to show that, Hey, like shipping's a big deal here. The fact there's a word to describe the maximum a boat can be. Um, so you talked about how it's a lot of like oil tankers, like, large oil ships uh that are going back and forth that is completely true a lot of it's going between the persian gulf and asia a good example is like 90 percent of japan's oil comes from goes through the strait of malacca um and then also quite a bit of um oil going to china also comes through there from the persian uh china's the biggest um importer of oil in the world yeah just exactly um and so 35 percent of ships uh, connecting oil from the Persian Gulf to Asia go through the Strait of Malacca. So, thirty percent, thirty-five percent. What? Where are the other sixty-five percent going? Like, I'm looking at a map, right? And I'm going. It's got to go from here, well, the the Persian Gulf, to here. I'm talking like uh, Japan, Korea, China, Philippines sort of area, South China Sea area. How else? How else is it getting there? Well. Who says they're using all the oil in the world, Miles? Maybe the West is using more oil per person, even if they have more people down there. So you're saying 35% of the world's oil goes yeah, there? Yeah, the world's... The sh- uh, the sorry, sh- sorry, I thought you meant so from... The amount, like, if you counted all the ships that are moving oil from point A to point B, 35% of them are going through the Strait of Malacca. Sorry. Okay, um, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, Thank cool. You. Um, <laughs> Misunderstanding. No, you're good. This, if you misunderstood, that means our listeners might have. Um... Yeah, so it was hard to get exact numbers, but in 2017, it was about 85,000 ships going through. Um, To give you a perspective, it was about 56,000 in 2000. So it's been like steadily increasing. It's increased every year. Um, I don't know. 80,000 in a year. Yeah, 85. 85,000 in a year. Yeah, going through this little tiny point. This Going through that little gap. There's there's two hundred and thirty three ships a day. Yeah, how many is that now? That's like almost ten. Like yeah, nine point seven. Sounds about right. It's like so ten an hour is like every six minutes. You got a ship going through, and remember these are big ships. They probably take six minutes to get through. <laughs> it it may take yeah. We could calculate that one as well. Um, but I uh, the point is. Yeah, it's basically increased every year. I'm less sure about like the last few years, um, given uh, the global pandemic. But the only year between 2000 and 2017 that it went down, what year do you think that was? Between which years, sorry? Between 2000 and 2017. There was only one year it went down. 2008. Yeah, 2009. So like right after. Um, Yeah. 
But exactly. So collisions are a big problem. It's pretty busy. Um, and it's actually a huge problem in uh, like, especially during uh, like the fire season where fires on Sumatra will kind of carry over and create this dense fog. The and, haze. Yeah. yeah. And the haze is actually so bad. You can't even see like our, these ships are so big. You can't see the other side of your ship. Right. Let alone other yeah. ships around you. And like, think how densely these are all packed together, especially as it I, re- I read it was 200 meters. So yeah, the, you can, you, you, if you can see 60% of your ship, it's a bad day. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that's definitely one thing a lot of they're having there are a lot of collisions and like not for the amount of ships there are there aren't a lot of collisions but like they're definitely like it, it's not it's more than zero and it's a big problem that uh, companies have to deal with that are sending their ships through the strait okay so we're kind of hinting a bit at the uh i guess the the question or answering the question you know we've started to add a few ideas in um did you want to talk about choke points Yes. Tell us about your choking experiences, Miles. <laughs> Let's talk about the choke points in the world. So there's okay. like there's usually considered seven major, maybe sometimes it's six. Um we're gonna go with one, two, three, four, five, six major choke points. Can I try guessing them? Yes, of course you can. Okay, then you can tell us about them, I promise. I'll shut up yep. after that. Okay, so Panama Canal. Yes. Suez Canal. Yes. Strait of Malacca. Yes. Um, Strait of Gibraltar? Yes. I need to. What's the one um, that goes, like, by Turkey? I'm not giving you names. <sighs> um, you're not giving me names. Oh, uh, the Ca- is Cape of uh, Good Hope one? So you're, you're naming some minor ones, which are... Okay. So, so there's, minor. like, major ones and minor ones. Okay, I, 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 I think the... Yeah, I, I don't know the last two. What are the last two? So there's the Strait of Hormuz, which is probably the most important. Okay. So where's that? I guess you're going to go over that's, where they all are. Yeah, okay. And then uh, Bab al-Mandab. Bab al-Mandab. Sorry. So they're the sort of a major ones. So the English Channel has more ships per day than the Straits of Malacca. It does. It has the most ships per but yeah, it has the, 600. But are they as day. big? They are probably as big. The difference is, is that it is much more stable as an area. So it's less of a choke point? It's less of a choke point. It's not as wide. Sorry, it's wider. It's not as long. I guess if you're going up to Rotterdam, like almost all the ships are coming that direction. Exactly, yeah. That's the reason. Rotterdam being one of the biggest ports in the world. And, yeah, okay. Intense biggest, yeah. Um, so, okay, so let's go over the major ones. Okay, so the Panama Canal is clearly in Panama, um, which separates the Atlantic Ocean from the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it's a man-made canal sponsored by the US government. And I assume they still patrol it now and control it largely. I, I, I'm not going to say that for sure. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Panama controls most of the... like. They control like more the system of the okay. of the locks and traffic. Yeah. So Panama Canal is actually a flood and drought high risk. Really? And it has and it has a medium risk of haze and fog and falling into disrepair. So when you say flood, like as in like dry risk, as in like there's not enough water, I'm confused. Can't they just take water from the oceans? 
Uh, I think it's more flooding from the the other sides. Okay, from like the land. Yeah, okay. essentially, yeah. So, and then in terms of drought, I'm guessing that's less of a risk, but it's just called flood and drought. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, I was focusing on the drought. Yeah. So then they do have hazes and fogs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, the same risk level as the Strait of Malacca. Interesting. Um, and then you have falling into disrepair is a bit of a risk for the Panama Canal. But aren't they building uh, like bigger locks? Or are they done building those bigger locks in Panama? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. We'll have, we'll to, have to do an episode that on your own. Then. Yeah. Uh, then the Suez Canal um, has high risk of storms and haze and fog. <laughs> And a terrorist attack. Yeah, and and and, um, uh, and so he's uh, having a giggle at the storms because uh, what's happened with the Evergrande? Yeah, I was, was going to say there's a, a risk of, of that, blockage yeah. as well. Yeah, but that's from the storms because the storm oh, okay. sort of drift drifted it. Yeah, uh, and then the the Straits of Malacca have a high risk of uh, piracy and haze and fog. And we'll definitely we won't cover talk it. about that for now. <laughs> uh, we yeah. already talked uh, about the haze and fog a little bit, and then piracy we'll definitely talk about later. Um, yeah. And then the Strait of Hormuz has a risk of conflict and piracy, which is understandable. That area is in high tensions a lot of the time. That's the Persian Gulf, essentially. So they, they... Normally I would say, hey, that doesn't count because like, it doesn't go to that many places, but because the Persian Gulf is where a lot of... like shipping is leaving and picking up um, oil, right? It, it makes sense that that one can be considered a major one um, because of how much shipping is going through that little tiny point. Well, you said about how much oil went through Malaysia and Singapore. It's going to be like very, I say through Malaysia, through the Straits of Malacca. Think about the Straits of Hormuz. You've yeah. probably got like 80, 80% of the oil going through yeah. there or something. Uh, so, yeah, that's why it's considered... Um, and then the Strait of Babel Mamdeb is the sort of the southern point of the Red Sea. Southern point of the Red Sea. Oh, okay, okay. So Yemen uh, side. If you if you look, that's a very narrow point as well. So between has Djibouti a... and Yemen, or yeah, Eritrea exactly. and Yemen as well. It's yeah, like yeah, on that border. Area. Yeah, which is also why China have a and the U.S. and a lot of militaries have bases there. Okay. Um, so this, these those straits are at risk of conflict, terrorist attacks, and piracy. Okay. Yep. And then we have the Bosphorus and Dardanelles, which is at high risk of storms and medium risk of haze and fog and conflict. Again, that medium risk for conflict was a bit of an overestimate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, the Strait of Gibraltar has no risk. No risk at all. <laughs> it just it wasn't on this yeah. particular. I, I know most source. people will know, but like, what? Where is the Strait of Gibraltar, Miles? I'll pretend I'm. Ign- Strait of Gibraltar is uh, between Morocco and the UK, where the UK. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, fine. I see what you're saying. <laughs> uh, geographically, it looks like Morocco and Spain. It's okay, just um, thank you. Gibraltar. Gibraltar is a. Like essentially a UK military base, but it's actually a UK territory. Yeah. Um, and it's between the Atlantic and the Mediterranean. So all the ships that go from the Suez Canal west will go through the Straits of Gibraltar. If they don't stop in 
in Europe first or Northern Africa? Yeah, so the only real place that like oil ships would go is they'd go to Trieste, which is okay. in Croatia, um, or they go up to like Rotterdam. Come okay. on, now. but if they're going up to Rotterdam, they're still going through the Strait of Gibraltar. Yeah. Okay. So- okay. So that's a summary of some of the choke points around the world, um, and we can either talk about what they mean, or we can get into the question. Let's talk about what they mean. Like when I said what they mean. Uh, okay. So obviously a choke point is a place that if they stop, major trading will also stop. Like they are fundamental points. There's no real redundancy with those points. Like you think, what happens if the Suez Canal closes? All the boats have to go round Africa. Mm-hmm. What happens if Panama closes? Panama Canal closes. They go around like the, hor- the bottom of South America. Yeah, so it's massive distances, massive times. Yeah. So... Um, that's why a choke point is so vital to the sort of lifeline of, or the bloodline of the world mm-hmm. in world trade, global trade. Um, and what's really interesting is if you think about like all of those countries that we've mentioned, so you've got like, um, the UAE, Oman, Iran, um, Egypt, Panama, none of those have like a UN security council seat. They're not, like, they have a lot of power because they're the ones that are controlling these choke points. Right. And yet, disproportionately on the world stage, they don't seem to have that much power. They're not given much power. I think that's very surprising to me. Do you think that's a result of the fact that, like, geographically they just had these and these points have become more important since the creation of the UN? I I think there's an element of that. Also, when the UN was created... Uh, Panama was, I think, controlled by the US. Suez was controlled by the British and the French. The Straits of Malacca were controlled by the British. The Strait of Hormuz was controlled by the British. The Straits of Bab el-Mandeb was controlled by maybe the British? I'm not really sure. Um, Yeah, so so you get an idea that actually the power's been taken away, but it hasn't really come to fruition for those countries yet. But arguably a lot of these places, yeah, they might be controlled by these non-UN like uh, principal seat members or security council members, but it's still international, not waters, but like internationally, like lots of ships go through all these different points. Yes, that's true. Like it's open. I, I think, I think it's, I think it's quite funny because it's not, you, know, you, you don't think of like, uh, some of those countries as being like the world power holders, even though they kind of are actually. And we might actually talk a bit in the piracy um, section about, you know, who who actually controls it, whose responsibilities Mm -hmm. are they and things like that. Um, So I think just before we get into that question, let's talk a bit more about the Straits of Malacca and what sort of like the risk and, and, what happens if the Straits of Malacca close? Yeah, what's the so, alternative? You know, so the main alternative that um, ships would have to take is probably to go around the Sunda Strait, which is between Sumatra and Java, which are the two big, long, thin islands of Indonesia. Okay. But, so by Jakarta. But that's, yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. But that is a narrower and shallower uh, straight than the Straits of Malacca. 
So what you're saying is if I'm a uh, Malacca Max bo- boat in the sense I'm right underneath like, the Malacca right Max, the... then I'm not going to be able to go through here. <laughs> That's right. And a lot of the oil ones that are transporting the Persian Gulf oil are probably just under it. Because they're being built for it. Yeah. So. Okay. So where do I have to go if I have one of those? <laughs> you would have to go through the Lombok Strait, which is on the other side of Java. Uh, okay. Like by Bali. Yeah, exactly. Next to Bali. Have a look at all the Australian tourists. Yoo-hoo! <laughs> and then, then, you can, then you go up from Lombok Strait. Uh, then you go up to the uh, Makassar Strait, which is between Sulawesi and Borneo. I also have made a promise that at some point we're going to do a Sulawesi episode. So, because okay. I think that place is really cool. So, uh, and then it goes up there and goes up past the Philippines and up to um, wherever you're taking your oil. But that is quite also so, like an extended journey. Like it, it does add. Yeah. And I hear you say, how long? What, what are some actual data on how far this is? How what long is some it actual takes? data miles? <laughs> Don't worry. I've got you. Because I know someone... <laughs> spent their afternoon <laughs> making lines over world maps to find out the distance. And yes, you can argue that did you get the exact distance and things like that. All I'm going to say is this is probably the only time that I'm going to mention my um, career and degree or something like that. Um, all you need to know is, trust me, I've done a lot of computational work so, so basically and you're saying you use string on a globe <laughs> no i use digital tools to work it out oh. and and i confirmed it as well so i did um mesh testing and things like that so anyway it's all it's all all in safe hands that one and we've sounds got a very like your, rough estimate within error sounds like of, your friend had a little too much fun doing that <laughs> who was who my friend oh i thought you said Somebody. Oh yeah, this is my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. This is my friend. Yeah, yeah I spent a lot of time doing it. Yeah. Um, so I took um, probably the most common route between um, that would go through the Malacca Strait, which would be a Shanghai to Rotterdam okay. boat. Uh, so that's a cargo boat. Uh, I didn't consider the Malacca Straits, but no, sorry, not Malacca Straits. The like the beam and the depth, and I just did distances. Yeah. So, I got that it takes 20,000 kilometers between Shanghai and Rotterdam. Now, that's on my my friend's work. Uh, And in actual fact, the official figure is 19,600. Yeah, you're close enough. (laughs) So, we're we're in a degree, just remember that, like... You know, we're out by a little bit, but it's it's comparable. Um, and so that takes 27 days from Shanghai to Rotterdam. Wow, a month. Still impressive, though. You're moving stuff across the whole, like that much stuff in a month from those two. Yeah, places. it's actually the most economical way to take oil. It's actually more, it's better than uh, piping it, as we may talk about later. Um, maybe, maybe we can talk about it now. So um, China are obviously really worried about this choke point because they're a net importer. They import so much oil. And China's not-so-best friends at the moment are India, who control the Andaman Islands, which is just as you come out of the Straits of Malacca. Okay. So that so they're worried about potentially being blockaded. So um, they've come up with a few solutions, 
Uh, I'm sure you've heard of one, which is that Thailand Canal. I've, I've heard of that one. I've also a, heard a of canal. a pipeline across Java. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. No. Okay. I've heard of that. They've, they've got a pipeline from Pakistan that goes up into Kashgar, which is sort of the capital of the Xinjiang okay. I have province. heard of that one too, yeah. Yeah. So that's to avoid even going next to India. Mm-hmm. That's very, obviously very expensive. And then they've got another one on Myanmar side where they've, they've got the same sort of thing. So they would take their oil tanker, put it at port at um, Karachi, or it's not Karachi, but it's uh, nearby to Karachi in Pakistan or in Myanmar, and then they would pipe the oil up into China. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, and that's their way of like avoiding India, essentially. So very, very interesting and very expensive as well. And it's actually rather than even just saying how expensive it is to build it, it's actually more expensive to pipe the oil than it is to use the boat. Is it because they kind of have to go the over the are. mountains? or Yeah, they've got to pump it, yeah. and they've got to just stop it leaking and the maintenance and all of that. It's just so much more than the boats. Okay, so like I feel like you talked about going to Rotterdam. Like, What's the distance mm-hmm. if you go the other way? Um, you said it was about 20,000 kilometers if you go through... Yeah. The- so the Sunda Strait, the one that wasn't big enough for the, your Malacca Max boat, that would take you 31 days rather than 27 okay. at 23,000 kilometers. But again, Not like that's bad. extra cost, these shippings, that they have tight margins, yeah. really tight margins. How happy, how happy would you be if your boat arrived four days late and you got yeah. your shoes four days late or your food four days late but it, it's more than that it's like th- those costs carry right like those shoes might end up being a little bit more expensive and like all of a sudden the profit margin is is different for that company that's making the shoes as well as every single person along that whole line um yeah and then that lombok straight one on the other side going on for its holiday in bali mm-hmm. that would that would take 32.5 days at twenty four thousand kilometers okay so it's not that many more days than the other one it's curious. Than the Sunda way, yeah. yeah. But you're still comparing it to 27, so now you've added yeah. another five and a half. Like, it's another week. So you really want to do Malacca, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah essentially. And then um, this Thailand canal, the canal across sort of the top of Thailand, so you just chop the distance off. It's actually quite similar to the Straits of Malacca in its distance because the Thai, if you think about it, the Thailand peninsula uh-huh. is, is further north. Uh-huh. And that means you have to spend more distance getting under India. Yeah, it's not a lot. So it actually lot. results. Yeah. So it actually doesn't really make a huge amount of difference, but it is slightly more. Okay, makes sense. Slightly quicker, and then one more that I want to talk about is the Arctic. Oh. Um, way over, which is this sort of like as the ice caps are melting, there's being more and more routes across over the top of Russia, which is sort of how China wants to go because Russia and China have certain alliances and uh, guarantees to each other rather than all these other countries that we've been talking about. The Northwest uh, Passage how long... would, like, I'm guessing would cut a lot of time, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, how, how much do you think? Because I know we talk about, everyone says, oh, it cuts it down, it cuts it down. What do you think the, the distance difference is if it's 20,000 from Shanghai to Rotterdam via Straits of Malacca and the Suez and Straits of Gibraltar and the English Channel. Versus how much I think if it's above, if they take the Northwest Passage? Yeah. I'm going to guess 16. 
It's 15. You're really close. Oh, wow. It's even less than that. I thought 16 was generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that takes, that takes just under 20 days. And if people's like minds are being broken by this, I implore you to look at a globe. It makes it a lot more clear. And you re also realize like not Rotterdam in, um, it's, is it Belgium or Netherlands? It was Netherlands last time I checked. Okay. But... Netherlands is really far north. So that's why kind of going around the north way is actually not that bad. The only thing you really have to get around is um, the, the... Russia. Ru yeah, Russia. <laughs> uh, the like Eastern Siberia. Right. Shall we uh, think about the question? Because yeah. I've been rambling on about choke points for a while. Oh, it's interesting. So let's dive into the question. So piracy has been going on for a long time in uh, the Strait of Malacca. Like there's even references from the 14th century. Um, and then as global shipping has increased, like now you have a huge opportunity, right? So many ships are going through here. If you take one or two, like the shipping companies are going to still want to go through because yeah, they'll be scared, but it's such a small percentage of like the amount of ships going through. Um, and then more importantly, you're like, oh, but the authorities can go get them. It's like, Mm, it's harder because technically all those channels I talked about and rivers that go into the jungle and go into the rainforest, um, like there's a lot of coves and hiding spots where pirates can retreat to and take booty and other stuff really easily. Take what? Booty. Like pirate booty? Like. Okay. okay. Yeah. I, all right. Carry on. Um, carry on. I just, just realized how on. insensitive that sounds. And where that might come from, uh, but more like so. A lot of the pirates that would go on these ships, if it if they weren't um, if, if they weren't organized pirates versus unorganized, um, then I no more no most of the time the the booty they would take is just like they would go on board and take people's cash. They're they're like valuables. Um, engine parts was common, so like a lot of that type of stuff, and it usually wasn't that valuable compared to the actual cargo on a ship but like you like think how big these ships are like how are these pirates going to take all this cargo um but some of them do and some of them are more well planned and have other boats where they can unload the cargo onto and then hide in these inlets um and so on and so forth so miles do you you talked about piracy being a problem in uh in the straits of malacca do you think it's still a problem yes why not Okay, it, it, it's not really a problem anymore, is the answer. Oh, no. <laughs> so let, let's, we'll go over the data a little bit. So um, there was only one pirate incident in the Strait of Malacca in the last five years. Um, Indonesia had several more, but in terms of just in the Strait of Malacca, it was one. If you look in the last 10 years, there have been seven attacks in the Strait of Malacca. Um, and if you look at the five years preceding that, it was 14 attacks during those five years. So it's definitely going down. And, but even like back then, 14 attacks, think about how many thousands of ships are going through. Um, so is this very much like a reputational So part of, of it is piracy. that, um, but also part of it is like um, in 2000, like there were 75 attacks in just in 2000. So it, it was a problem um, in the past more. Um, but since 2005, it's been falling drastically. And that's because... Um, even though it was a small problem, because these ships were attacked so suddenly and because of that fear for global shipping companies and that pressure, um, a lot of the authorities um, of both Malaysia, Indonesia, um, most of these were coming from Indonesia because they, they had less naval presence than Malaysia and Singapore. Um, but even Indonesia has kind of like uh, come up and they all work together, um, all their different like 
uh, naval coast guards, and they even had help from Coast Guard of India um, as well. And basically, since 2005, it's like completely plummeted. And like I said, last five years, one incident. Um, now, caveat, Indonesia still has some um, that are higher numbers, like around like 30 per year. Um, and those are in, probably in other areas of Indonesia with those inlets, like on other sides of water in other straits. Um, recently, it's actually spiked again, but it hasn't spiked in the Strait of Malacca at all. It's actually spiked in the Strait of Singapore. And Singapore is really worried about this because like you can like they're really serious. And a lot of their news recently has been about all these hijackings because there's been I think there were like three in one month recently. Um, and they're all, they, they come at night, right? They unload, like it's been pretty organized and, uh, they're dealing with that right now. And that's right next to the Strait of Malacca, but technically it's not piracy in the Strait of Malacca. (laughs) Is that, is that your quick summary on the question? That is my, yes, quick summary on the question. Uh, I think that basically covers. So is is nothing being done about this, um, Singapore Strait? I think they're they're starting to do stuff, and they think it's all like one outfit of pirates. Um, oh, interesting. But they uh, is that a Malaysian or is it a Singaporean-based organization? Do you know? I don't know. Like they're like this is pretty new, um, and their the okay. authorities are starting to work it out. But why are there pirates in the Strait of Malacca? It's kind of not really pirates in the Strait of Malacca anymore. Is the answer to the question? Um, were there pirates in the Strait of Malacca? Yes. For, and then why when, why were they there? It's because it's a very busy port, isn't it? it so, it's because of the trade. Yeah. It's because of the geography that they're able to hide in these inlets. Um, there was a huge economic downturn in 1997 in Asia. Um, they kind of created um, a lot of poverty and created the circumstances for people to go into piracy um, mm-hmm. and to get away with it. That That's was another uh, economic reason. Uh, mm-hmm. And So where, where does have piracy? So if you look at global piracy, it is definitely on the downturn overall. Um, it, okay. There's a lo- lot more along Africa. Um, I know there's like the classic Somali pirate. Technically, there was more in the Strait of Malacca back then, like in the early 2000s. But nowadays it is, it's, 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 so it's, it's no the, longer the case. It's the Gulf of Guinea that has almost 50% of the world's pirate uh, incidents Yeah, in, 20, in 2021 anyway. Um, so that's the the Gulf of Guinea is sort of south of West Africa in that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah. and then yeah. you have places like the Gulf of Aden as well. Yeah, and and there's definitely like, but again, like our heyday of piracy is like is long past. Not just in the Strait of Malacca, but um, globally and and in most localized areas. Like, yeah, there are some spikes in some areas, but the numbers are. They're numbers you and I can understand. They're not like thousands or even hundreds um, in any specific area. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That was actually a really quick answer of the question. I'm glad you allowed me to ramble on about choke points for a while. That is why I let uh, you ramble And on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry to the uh, audience that clicked on learning about the Straits of Malacca. And then it was me just telling you about my friend who... who <laughs> who who painstakingly drew out all this uh all these lines all over this global map yeah uh, it's okay we'll cut all that miles <laughs> okay good thanks uh don't want all that effort to go for in vain now cool yeah so 
I think that's going to finish the episode number 28. Why are there pirates on the Straits of Malacca? Maybe, maybe we need to start yeah researching <laughs> before going, we come up with aren't. the questions yeah. <laughs> a more accurate well, question well it's not I, we're not coming up with the questions I came up with this one but then again like once you research you realize the better question to ask if there's anything we've, if you, you've learned through this podcast it's the question is never right or often not right and we need to reframe it in some way so why were there pirates yeah. hopefully you learn something else along the way as well it's a good story, that, because they really sort of came together to, to fix the problem. I like that. And um, it's, it's good because also it like really fits because they're global traders and like it's a global trade area and they did come together to fix it. So, yeah, it was um, yeah. Yeah. wholesome content, I think. Although <laughs> also global pressure of lots of shipping, like that, that'll help too. <laughs> yeah, very, very wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was inverted commas for those okay, not. Yes. We, we, we yeah. need to start doing the video production so we can see. Like, I think between you and I, we probably did like 40 inverted commas this whole, uh, or quotes, as American would say, this whole podcast. Uh, okay. So where can people find us, Miles? They can find us where we live. Just knock on the door, say hello. I'm in uh, America. But you can also follow us on... Uh, <laughs> Follow us on um, on all the socials uh, at Ambiguous Borders, apart from Twitter, which is at Ambiguous Border because Sevi forgot the S. So please give us a follow there, and please you know get in contact with us. You know, comment on our posts, stuff like that. Uh, stuff we missed, you know, we'd be really interested to hear it. We're always wanting to improve and always wanting to learn as well. And uh, we do allow guest hosts on this as well. So uh, just. Yeah. Yeah, get in, get in touch. Listen to last episode about South Korea. That was two episodes ago, Sevi. Listen to the two episodes ago, South Korea episode twenty six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a had a guest in that. That was really good. Um, she so. definitely knew more than we did about that topic. So that's what you want. Yeah. So I'm going to take the the moral high ground here and say, as they say in the Straits of Malacca going to assume they're going to speak in English. Goodbye. Goodbye.